are listening to the Quarter Transmissions or leave episode six. I couldn't have prescribed better. Your ship has arrived at Space Dock, and it's once again time for Shore Leave, the show dedicated to Trek convention chat. I am Jeff Hewlett, and with me once again is the always awesome Heather Barker. Hello, how are you? I am doing okay. How about you? I'm okay. <laughs> Just okay? How was that okay. Denver Comic Con? I'm coming down from being around too many people. Uh-oh. Um, a bit overstimulation. It was it was <laughs> fun, but it was a lot of people. This convention is only three years old. I, th- I think it's three, three or four. And it's been growing and growing and growing every year. And this is the first time that I've gone. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, I'm used to the... The Rio convention hall layout (laughs) and knowing where everything is and knowing the corners to run to when I need a minute. And uh, so I felt very out of my element at uh, Denver Comic Con, but lots of cosplay, some Star Trek Hmm. people. uh, So that was fun. Definitely. Very cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear at least it wasn't a total wash. Not at all. Anywhere where there are Trekkies, Heather is happy. There you go. So that's and it's is it an official Comic Con or is it one of the knockoff Comic Cons? It's an official one. Oh, it's wow. not like a Wizard World or anything. It's run by a group here called Comics in the Classroom, and mm-hmm. embarrassingly, I don't know a whole lot about about them. Or maybe it's like pop culture. Okay, go to the website. Sorry, guys, <laughs> um, because I am probably not saying something right there. But anyway, it's it's huge and. They had, gosh, um, Carl Urban is here one day. Oh. I'm thinking of just trying to think of Star Trek people. I uh, I know that Garrett Wong and Brent Spiner were here yesterday. And poor Garrett was tweeting that their panels overlapped. And oh. his was before Brent Spiner's. And unfortunately, like some people were saying, you know, sorry, we're going to miss your panel because we have to go get a good seat for Brent Spiner's. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> Poor Garrett. Yeah. But uh, so they have, I mean, they, of course, this is not just Star Trek. It's all kinds of Comic-Con people. Um, I can't remember. I think Stanley was here last year. He might be here this year again. Honestly, I just didn't pay a whole lot of attention to who was going to be there. I, I just wanted to go have the experience um, because I haven't been to a, a convention like this Oh, since like 2000, oh gosh, three, 2004, it was the inaugural year of Megacon in Orlando and Megacon has grown into just a gargantuan con. So similar, I think Denver Comic Con and Megacon are probably very similar. Um, Megacon might be a bit bigger, but yeah, there's only one other small convention here in Denver and that one is fan run and it's held in a hotel in the Denver tech center. And so actually I think it's three hotels now, Um, but it's smaller. It's a different experience and probably I I would put STLV as like right in the middle. It's not too big. It's not too small. Hmm. So it, it perfect for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
but I, I don't really go to Starfest anymore because they do kind of focus on Star Trek and Stargate uh, actors, but it's people who we see every year in Vegas. A um, overlap, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's... For me, I, I don't really get buddy-buddy with any of the actors, so I'm, I'm not, like, guaranteed that I'm going to be Nana Visitor's best friend when she's there. Hmm. Um, I know that the smaller cons lend to more intimacy, especially with their panels and the Q&As, but I find that STLV is, like, just the right the right mix of being more than Starfest and now I know not quite as crazy as Denver Comic-Con, although we don't know what's going to happen in August. That's true. Uh, we have no idea. It's only six weeks away. We'll be finding out very soon. 45 days 45 until I get there. I think technically it's 46 until the actual first day of yes, the convention. Yes, we get the day before. Yeah, but so 45 days until we arrive on Tuesday. Which blows my mind every time we get closer and closer. And I just, I can't believe it. I feel like we just left like last week. Yeah. Blink your eyes and we'll be there. Yep. Yeah. Very, very soon. So today, this is, of course, our sixth episode of Shore Leave. And this is going to be part one because we've got so much content. We figured we'd split it into multiple episodes. It's going to be part one of our Vendor Room Spectacular, where we are going to have some guests on that are going to be in the Vendor Room at Las Vegas, and uh, not necessarily always just vendors. We're going to have some of those, but we're also going to have some exhibitors here with yeah. us as well. So um, we're going to be breaking them up over a couple of episodes here, because I think we probably totally have about six or so. At this point, um, this episode is going to focus on the first two. And first up is going to be uh, Gabrielle DeCure and Stefan Rodnicki from Skyboat Media, who are going to be stopping by to talk about the new Harlan Ellison City on the Edge of Forever audiobook. And Heather and I were fortunate enough that we got the chance to listen to this audiobook over the last couple of weeks. And um, I was very excited that. Gabrielle and Stefan were going to come on the show to talk about the the making of the audiobook and give us lots of really fun insights uh, into the voice actors and, and how they put it all together and the, the recording of all the parts and and Harlan's uh, role in the audiobook. It's it's phenomenal. So that's going to be coming right up. And we don't want to get too spoiler with it, so we're not going to really talk about the actual content so much of the audiobook, but we're going to get into some of the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, Heather, how did you feel about that uh, audiobook? Uh, it was it was enlightening. I think that it's a must read for anybody just to understand both sides of the story, so to speak. Um, but I, I guess there there are people out there who may not even know that there are two versions of City on the Edge of Forever. There's the one that we've seen, and there's the one that Harlan actually wrote. Which the, the the first screenplay was definitely very different from the final episode, but I think knowing the story, knowing the complexity behind it, um, makes it even more special to me. So I I I was honored that we got to listen to it and enlightened as I listened to it. What did you, what did you think? Well, I had read the comic adaptation of it mm -hmm. uh, back in 2014 as it was coming out, these graphic novels. So I had read the story that Harlan originally wrote uh, through mm -hmm. that comic. So I knew what to expect from it. But what really stood out to me the most uh, is the introductory 
essays that Harlan actually reads uh, before the teleplay starts. That is so full of uh, information, and I know a lot of people, you know, they know Harlan Ellison as a boisterous, uh, opinionated <laughs> guy, and, and that he definitely is, but there's a lot of genuine moments through there where you can really understand his point of view and why he's so angry and frustrated over yeah. the entire situation. And, and you can sympathize with him a bit. So definitely, definitely check it out. And the teleplay itself is just phenomenal. The, the voice actors they got for this were, were all really, really good. Everybody did a great, great job. And uh, it, it's the next best thing to actually seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. I read the, I remember when the, the comic book came out, or graphic novel, I think they wanted to call it. And I read that too. So I also knew and it, yeah, it just shed some light. And I think it's important to know both sides of the story always. So most definitely. So t especially TOS fans, definitely something to get your hands on. Uh, they're going to be at the convention. So you'll be able to pick up a copy there along with some other stuff. They're going to go over all of that uh, when we talk to them in a few minutes. And Heather, who else do we have lined up for this? So we have my wonderful buddy, Mickey Gunter of Make It So. If you are in the unofficial Las Vegas Star Trek convention group on Facebook, then you've probably seen her posting. Um, she's been posting about getting some ideas on what we would like to see because all of her items are handmade. They're very unique. They're stuff that you're not going to find at the other booths. I know sometimes as I go around, I start to see a few of the same items. You won't find that with her. So she she's talking to us about that and... We rambled a little bit about tattoos and whatnot, but that's something that uh, attendees are also going to be able to take advantage of if they stop by Mickey's booth. Um, she's working on some some flash art with them, and so she's going to tell us all about that, which is really awesome. Yeah, it's a really fun discussion, and you guys kind of get into a lot of different uh, topics while we're while we were talking. It was a lot of fun for me to sit and listen to you guys. You guys have such a such a great rapport together mm. so uh, it's really great and there's a lot of a lot of fun information about how she makes the things how she comes up with the ideas and yeah that's really fun to hear if you're into um you know handmade crafts if you're into specialty items and it, it's always cool to hear how artists make their products so i think that's going to be it for this episode so we're going to go ahead and get started with gabrielle and stefan here in a moment and uh, Heather, is there anything else uh, about STLV, uh, any news that you wanted to cover before we go into it? Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think what all has been announced. And it's mostly guests at this point and a few more photo ops, I think. Um, but I, I think that we're all kind of expecting some bigger announcements to get made in the next 45, 46 days maybe some guests uh, from the JJ-verse. Yeah, they since... always seem to save something for really close to the con. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for surprises and um, a bit more information. They do a lot of group photo ops and I don't think there are that many up at this point um, where they'll do the various cast photo ops and then certain characters together. Mm. Um, so we don't have a whole lot of information there. I'm expecting them to pull out some punches and uh, otherwise I'm just getting ready to pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's probably going to take you a good week or two to get all that stuff packed up, right? I've still been thinking. I'm like, well, I've got to take this and I've got to take that and what dresses I'm going to wear and what cosplay I've got to bring. And um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to think about, a lot to prepare for. So I better get started soon. You're going to be shipping anything or are you going to pack it all? 
No, I think I'll pack it all. I'm flying Southwest, so I can have some bags. I love Southwest. Yay. (laughs) So no, not this time. All right. Well, let's jump right into our first segment of our Vendor Room Spectacular with Skyboat Media. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to part one of our Shore Leave Vendor Room Spectacular. Heather is here with me today. Hi, everybody. Hey, Heather. How's weather out there in Colorado? Oh, it's gorgeous and hot, and I'm preparing for Vegas in that way. (laughs) Uh, Vegas is coming in six short weeks, but uh, before we get there, we're going to be talking to some people who are appearing in the vendor room at the convention this year, and this is the first part of our Vendor Room Spectacular, and today we have with us from Skyboat Media, Gabrielle DeCure and Stefan Rudnicki. How are you guys? Hi. Hello. Hi we're great. We we're, we're certainly are. Very honored to be here. Oh, well, welcome to Shore <laughs> Leave. So we connected on Twitter, I think, a few weeks ago, and um, you guys were involved in the new Harlan Ellison audiobook. Can you tell us, uh, before we get into the book, a little bit about Skyboat in general? Sure. Skyboat Media, in various uh, guises, has been around for quite a while as an independent production company for audiobooks. And recently, over the past couple of years, we've also begun publishing audiobooks. We've kind of targeted specifically genre classics and more modern works of science fiction, fantasy, horror, thriller, dating probably from the 40s uh, right up to the present. And uh, we've been looking to unearth a whole bunch of things that might have a fan base or should have a fan base and uh, trying to bring some of these things before the ears of the public. Right. As an um, audiobook company, we've produced uh, all of Orson Scott Card's work, Ben Bova. Uh, recently, Stefan did the Samuel Delaney. We did a full cast production of Ender's Game Alive two years Ooh. ago. And we produce all of the podcast stories for Lightspeed Magazine. That's an online magazine edited by John Joseph Adams. It's been around. We've been working with them for six or seven years. And we've acquired two Hugo Awards the past two consecutive years for doing those podcasts. We do eight of them a month. Eight a month. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I saw you also did, had gotten some Grammy Awards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's out of the genre, but uh, but very important, and we're very honored. The first one uh, goes back a ways for the children's Shakespeare all-star cast, and the um, second one, most recent, is for Janice Ian's autobiography, cool. uh, Society's so- Child. Society's Child, yeah. Uh, she she recorded here in the very studio where we're sitting, uh, and actually uh, played the musical intros and sang to each of the chapters uh, right in our little studio here. So it was quite a project. I, I remember hearing that song when I was younger. My my mother had played it for me, and it was very uh, controversial at the time. It's still controversial. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> very yes. moving. Very moving. So how did Skyboat get involved with the Kickstarter project and the audiobook for uh, Harlan Nelson? Well, maybe we ought to start with how we got involved with Harlan Ellison. Oh, okay. Even better. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, We've been producing Harlan's stories mostly for nearly 20 years now. When we were working at Dove Audio, was the big independent back in the 90s, 
Harlan showed up and we started doing some story collections on audio. And we've been his producer pretty much uh, since then for audio recording. So we've done, I don't know how many, I mean, it's, it's now seven, I think, collections of short stories, as well as most recently we've published his two first novels, Web of the City and Spider Kiss. So this is a relationship that right, goes Right, plus back Stefan played the voice of the TikTok man in Harlequin Repent, which is one of Harlan's famous stories, with Robin Williams. It was Harlan yeah. and Robin and... And Stefan, and it was uh, it was a ride. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a cool uh, radio uh, series for for public radio called 2000X or Beyond 2000, which was produced in 1999, which had dramatizations of major science fiction works, and I got to executive produce that and uh, and actually stand at the mic next to uh, Robin Williams. It was quite quite an experience. That had to be incredible. I'm a huge Robin Williams fan, so I'm actually quite jealous. <laughs> so anyway, what happened basically with this was that in our uh, discussions with Harlan, it came to light that this particular teleplay, that he had retained the rights to the original. Um, a lot of folks may not know there there is an original version and, of course, then the aired version, which is very different from the original. There's two versions out there. Um, Harlan retained the original rights, which were the rights to the one that won the Writers Guild Award. And uh, when I found this out, I went nuts because, you know, I'm a Star Trek fan from having been there watching the original series. And when I, I said, are you sure you have these? And he was, Harlan, was like, very opinionated and strong. And he said, well, of course, you silly, what, whatever. <laughs> And uh, then, uh, you know, what? It's, it's not only the teleplay, but the, the essays surrounding it and Harlan's complete rant, if you will, and backstory on what went on at the time. So I was just jumping up and down, knowing that the 50th anniversary was coming up. Uh, we felt the clock was ticking on this and that it needed to be voiced. It needed to be done. It's expensive doing multi... We wanted to do the teleplay multi-voice, and we peddled it about a bit to our some of our clients. And it's not that they, you know, they were interested, but they didn't want to move as quickly as I felt we needed to move. And so we turned to the crowdfunding and figured that if we can't, you know, if we can't get the support, if the fans, if the fans want it... We want, I mean, we want to do it, obviously. <laughs> so we started. We started without any funding. Yeah, we took a risk. We took um, a big, big risk. Harlan has had some health issues, and we were able to bring him into to the studio late last summer into the fall for several sessions to record his lengthy and very important introduction to this thing, the rant that Gabrielle referred to, which is actually an, an amazing perspective on the state of television in the 60s in general. But uh, he, he came in and over a series of several sessions and several weeks recorded his introduction. So we had that. Then we started planning recording the teleplay, figuring, okay, that's, that's the centerpiece. Uh, how are we going to do that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we did that as well. We we recorded it all in one day on December 1st. 
uh, still without the funding. I'll, I'll, I'll let Gabrielle continue with the, uh, with, with the Kickstarter. So anyway, so I thought if this won't work on Kickstarter, nothing will. And I would like to see Kickstarter actually begin to support more audio. At, you know, we've got movies and we got books and we have, you know, whatever. We have uh, whatever that was, the, the, the cooler or whatever. <laughs> you know, we have blenders. You know, we should be able to have audio books as a category on, on Kickstarter. So we put it together, and boy, that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But the response was phenomenal. The fans came out of the woodwork, and from so many different unexpected directions. We had one of the gentlemen uh, who went for the big associate producer award from Italy, Wow. I, I got this email and I was like, where, you know, and then I contacted him and I said, well, you know, cause you go easy. You don't know who these people are. <laughs> I said, do you know Harlan? I mean, I assumed that was, you know, that was a lot of the source. And he said, no, I just get very angry when people mess with screenplays and teleplays. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, you can be <laughs> a producer. That's, you know. Um, friends of Harlan, uh, people who supported our work, and then just fans, you know, yes. from Hello. all over that had this common place to come to, to give us a vote of confidence. And it, it's incredibly heartwarming, just wonderful. I think that speaks volumes about what you were going to put out there, because I know in the past few years, some Trek fan productions have struggled on Kickstarter while others have really taken off. So the fact that yours... Uh, gain such great support uh, just must have been very reassuring and affirming. Very much so. Yes, it it was. And it's a beautiful piece of writing, guys. Mm -hmm. It's just on its own. Um, and in fact, we found that when we came to the casting of it, you know. Not only did you guys put this whole project together and do the Kickstarter for it, but both of you also got to be part of it, some of the voice actors on it. I recognize both of your voices having listened to yeah. the whole book. <laughs> so I was going to ask you how excited you were to be part of, of the project, but how excited were you to actually be part of the actual reading? It was a terrific day. <laughs> There's an amazing thing that happens when you concentrate a lot of people's energy uh, particularly when they have a real commitment to the work, into a single limited time frame. What happens is that everything gets compressed. And that was very much true for December 1st. Uh, people started showing up uh, pretty early in the morning, and uh, we had some, some food out so they didn't starve. And uh, already the buzz even with the first two or three people who showed up, was pretty incredible. For me, working in that kind of setting with a bunch of people, when you have a real time limit, it's very much like working on a film, particularly a, a, an important scene. You've got one, one shot to really do it right, whether it's the light or some particular opportunity, some particular piece of equipment or an actor availability. You got one shot to do it right. And this was very much like doing a very compressed motion picture in a short period of time. So yeah, it, it was tremendously exciting. Everybody was committed to the project, knew what they were doing, uh, and we just sailed through it. 
logistically, scheduling this kind of thing is very tricky because uh, with a film, what you usually don't shoot in sequence, uh, well, we did pretty much. We got this thing done from beginning to end in sequence so that the people who had roles all the way through could get a sense of their own continuity. And uh, it was like experiencing the events in the teleplay personally, in addition to performing them. Yeah, I uh, come from it mostly as a director. Um, that's what I worked on mostly with Ender's Game and the technical and the creative aspects of making sure that this moved to fulfill Harlan's vision and sound what it needed to sound like. Normally, we would have days to do this type of project. But with the financial restraints, we, we just crossed all kinds of technical barriers. We threw open the doors to the studio. We set up two mics where the main dialogue would go. The other thing we had on this was that we have Harlan's teleplay directions mm -hmm. are brilliant because it's Harlan writing. <laughs> you know, it's just not move camera left, move camera yeah. right. There is commentary. There's texture. Yeah, normally that's that, that that's something that would be left out. You, of You'd want to cut, you know, yeah. but with him, no way. Or, or in fact, what you do is create sound effects or music effects that would substitute that for would bridge what, those yeah. transitions, you know. So from the top, I knew I wanted the dot, the um, narration in there, the teleplay directions in there, but then we thought. I don't know if we have just one narrator, obviously, again, financial restrictions. I'm like, okay, Stefan can narrate the whole thing, right? <laughs> the voice of God can do it. We're, <laughs> we got this covered. But then I really wanted him to do The Guardian because yeah. it's just gold. You know, you can't throw that kind of opportunity away. Yeah. So we got in touch with LeVar. Uh, we've worked with LeVar Burton on... Uh, We've produced all of his Reading Rainbow Kids oh, books okay. on the app, over really? 500 of them at this point wow. in time. Spectacular. And uh, LeVar expressed great support for doing it, but again, time constraints on everybody's schedule. So Stefan came up with the brilliant idea of rotating the narrators. The teleplay is set up in the standard 60s prologue, four-acts, epilogue. So what we decided was to allow different people to narrate each section. I was drooling at the thought of LeVar saying, you know, the Enterprise hanging in space. I mean, I mean, yeah, I thought the studio was going to explode, you know. I, I was just like, oh, okay, fine, whatever, you know. Um, so that's what we did. We started, uh, you know, with LeVar reading the narrator. Now, I'm sitting in the director's chair, and I've got my wonderful uh, daughter assistant, Cassandra, who's directed a thousand different things, sitting next to me, being really a, like a script supervisor, okay? And we've got one day to do this in. And we have, what, 15 people coming in. Many of whom are only available for, for a, a couple hours, of time. you know. <laughs> so we started with this, and I tell you guys, it was just magic. You know, LeVar sits down, John Rubenstein, who's a Tony Award winning actor, amazing, amazing actor, played uh, Captain Kirk. Uh, Scott Brick, who is a superstar in the audiobook world, in the booth playing Spock, and they start, and it's, it's magic. We were going to do like rehearsal. I was going to do a rehearsal and then a record. They didn't stop. They just 
they just went. And then, you know, it's LeVar's done with the prologue. David Gerald is the next mm-hmm. one. You know, and so he comes in and sits down, uh, you know, and then they continue. And that's how the day went. We went into the afternoon and we've got, you know, the incredible Jean Smart in to play Edith. I'm, I'm just goosebumping all over the place. <laughs> but it was magic. You know, I mean, here in the back of my mind as a technical person, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, we can't flub. We can't. We're not going to get these people back to do a pickup. I mean, that's not going to happen. But everyone was on their game. And what was so funny is that they were giggling, too, in between. <laughs> they were high on this. They were, yeah. they were signing each other's scripts. Oh. Like yearbooks. You know, the bar's going, Scott Brink, come do okay, sign mine, sign mine. It was that it was that much of an event. Wow. Yeah, well it it is widely regarded as the best episode of Star Trek yeah. and this is its original form, so it had to be yeah. an honor to be part of bringing that to life, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and having, you know, David Gerald, who wrote yep. the Tribbles yep. episode, which is the other top contender. <laughs> it, it was it was really, it was magic. It really was. So I know we're, we're limited on time. Something that I really wanted to talk to you guys about, and after listening to this, and especially that the essay portions uh, read by Harlan at the beginning, you, you, you understand how important the character of Trooper was to him. What what was it like having him voicing that character? I don't know how to describe it because he just became Trooper. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just did it. Yeah, the particular character, and we don't want to get into it too much, but it was very important to him uh, in terms of the plot and the symbolism of the whole that whole time period. Of well, it, it gives an historical context, context yeah. uh, right, right. To, to the story and to the moral issues that it's about. Yeah, I mean, he came in and there, there's not many lines and he just nailed them. And it's, uh, it's, again, historically, it's wonderful and tremendously satisfying, you know, even though he won't admit it, <laughs> to him to be able to tell the story and then do that part. Yeah, I mean, he wrote the part for himself. Had something resembling the original writing been aired, that role would, would have been in there and he would have played the part. I, I mean, he's uh, he was a Broadway performer. I, I don't know if you realize that. He he sang and danced. Sang and danced. In, yeah. in the, the original Broadway production of Kismet. I mean, all kinds of yeah. music. So I assume that he wanted to do this role. Yes. It wasn't suggested to him. He wanted to do it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. So, uh, you know, speaking back about those essays, I know we skipped right to the, the actual teleplay, but do you guys have any recollections about the recording of Harlan uh, reading those essays? Yeah, it was at times very painful for him. Yeah. Going back over that. And, and at times anger-making, and at times he just sailed. <laughs> yes, I get to say this. <laughs> yes, we, both, we both worked with him in the studio yeah. on that piece. Again, there are some just very extremely revelatory sections of, of how the writing process worked at yes, that time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to give it all away, but... Just a completely different world from the type of TV writing we're talking about now. And, and there's, um, from Harlan, there's a lot in that introduction that's, that's very personal uh, and that 
is not necessarily me versus Gene Roddenberry talk. It's more like, you know, this was what it was like. This is what hurt. This is what made sense. It's a rich analysis of not only a creative time in history, but also a, a very creative relationship among others. Yeah, and very personal. Yeah. Um, in the sense of how he navigated the controversy and even his changing attitudes toward it through those years. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely comes through uh, when, when listening back to the introductory pieces. And they, they do go on quite at length. So there's a lot of great information uh, in there to to set up the stage before the, the teleplay is read. But so you I, we know you guys are here on the show on shore leave because you're going to be at the Las Vegas convention in the vendor room. So I wanted to dedicate a little bit of time to talking about uh, what your plans are for your table or booth at the vendor room in Las Vegas. Yay! <laughs> we are so, so excited. I, you know, we've, we've done a lot of conventions, but we are so excited to be welcomed into the Star Trek world. Um, we broke the piggy bank and got a booth, so we're very excited about that. So we have a little space to spread out and, and do our thing. Um, and very, very pleased that uh, CBS approved us to come because, you know, obviously we are not a licensed Star Trek product. Right. <laughs> and uh, so there was a little trepidation there, but they've been very generous. And what excites me about the booth and the convention visually is that we can really create something unique. Uh, obviously, we cannot, nor does it make sense to use any of the existing visuals, but uh, I've got, I deal with words, but um, my dad was a four-time Oscar-winning production designer, film designer, so I have visuals also, and nobody's got a copyright on 1930s depression New York streets, so, <laughs> and, and even costume and I've, I've got a lot of and, and Harlan actually had some uh, visual things that went on her blue cape and her wow. scatter pins with the sun on it and uh, I'm hoping to manifest all of those and, and share that I think it's going to be a fun visual break um, for everybody cool. so what type of uh, product are you going to have available at the table is there going to be any exclusive content or yeah we're going to have actually the um, the whole program exclusively on it on a usb that has yeah. the artwork and I, I need a mention here on the artwork the artwork we are so lucky we had it done by uh hugo winning elizabeth leggett a uh, fan artist and it's beautiful it's just stunning so we're going to package the program on uh, USB. We're also going to make it available uh, with Harlan's other two novels as a package. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the we have the anniversary edition, which is the physical CD copy, which right. will be available there. And then we're going to have you know, a big package, which will have Elizabeth's artwork, both versions. There's mm -hmm. a cast list poster. And then there's a very dynamic Harlan piece. So that's kind of what we're looking at at this point. And we'll, we're, we're also going to bring some, some samples uh, of our other science fiction releases to broaden the interest a little bit. Yeah, we're going to have you know samples from our 150 book library of science fiction and fantasy also available. Mm -hmm. 
there's such a wide audience that I'm sure you'll have a lot of success with bringing those. I, I think so. We we've found that we've we've been to you know to WorldCon and WonderCon and um, kind of getting the word out there. And there are there's a huge audiobook uh, base fan for science fiction and fantasy. So uh, we're looking forward to that. But I can't wait for the convention. This is just going to be oh, it's, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to look great and it's going to sound great. <laughs> are both of you coming? Yes. Oh heck yes. Yes. yes, and we're bringing several people from our staff here. Oh, great. We've got ourselves a, a we rented a compound in Vegas because <laughs> we figured working out of the hotel rooms was going to drive us nuts because <laughs> we're, you know, bringing all this stuff. So yeah. uh, so we're going to kind of have a home base and uh, and work from there. And we're, we're, we're really excited about it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So you'll have extra people to cover the table so you, you guys can actually go around and experience the convention and not be stuck That's in the vendor. Absolutely. absolutely. Oh, of absolutely. course. Yes, we, uh, you know, we, we need a little little breaks there. Yeah, <laughs> so as, as you no doubt know, can be incredibly exhausting. Yes. Especially if you don't have people to. A little to relief, you. yeah. So we've got people and we will have them costumed and we're going to have fun. Oh, oh that sounds great. Oh, oh yeah, we got, we're going to have a look. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Is this your first Star Trek Las Vegas? Yes! Wow! Yes, that's cool. why I said thank you for, thank you to everybody for welcoming us so much uh, in terms of the Kickstarter support, in terms of you guys having us on. We're, uh, we're very excited. Oh, wow. We are too now, knowing that's your first, yeah. uh, your first time. Is there anything specific that you're really looking forward to that you've seen maybe on the creation site or? We, um, we, we've had some conversations with Larry Nemechek. Uh, Larry oh, actually guy. did an essay for the book, which yeah. if you get the audiobook, that's on there too. Um, so we've been uh, we've been talking to him, and we know he's up to some good stuff. And uh, we have worked with a lot of these guest stars who are there. Yeah, um, we've worked. We know, as you know, with Lavar, we've worked extensively with Will Wheaton. I don't know if Will's going to be there. He's not on the list yet. He signed up for Birmingham. I saw that. <laughs> um, Nana Visitor, uh, we've done series of audiobooks with her in the past. Yeah. Oh. Terry Farrell mm -hmm. is a personal friend of Stefan. So we, we've got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of um, serendipity there. That's <laughs> Rene Orgeon. Aubergenois. Aubergenois did the, did the Bible with us. So we yeah. <laughs> wow. So there's 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 a lot of lot of lot of fun stuff out yeah. there. Yeah, plenty of skyboat trek connections. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I love that you've already got the connections in place, so you'll get to have a reunion of sorts uh, yeah. with your friends there. Absolutely, absolutely. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. So in closing, is there anything else that the two of you would like to share with the audience uh, about what you're going to be doing at the convention or anything about the book that we haven't covered? I want to give one, one word about – I loved the original episode. I, I want to go on record as saying I still love it. We do too. Um, it's great. It's just great. And I love Harlan's version. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they are exclusive to each other. I don't think that you have to just like one or just like the other one. Uh, I think, and that's mainly why I wanted to do this piece, is because 
they are beautiful in both ways, and they do not discredit each other in any way yeah, or way take they, away. They, they complement each other. Yes. I mean, there are lots of reasons why in, in the format that it was written with, with many of the specific effects called for that Harlan's original version really didn't suit what the show was doing at that time. I mean, when he wrote it, the show was in its infancy. Right. Once they really Yeah, it's very at it, important yeah. to remember that, that the world was not fully created, although yeah. I'm sure Gene had, obviously, the vision of what he was, where he was headed. And, and even in casting, it was interesting, because we cast this as though we had never seen a Star Trek episode. Right. I mean, we had to go to Harlan's words, marry ourselves to his descriptions, and go from there. I still would like to see this filmed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but even when we, um, we, we brought, or, or this issue was, was brought up when we did a panel at WonderCon, and... Um, there was some discussion among the audience, uh, which was very interesting and, and really led to very much a sense that um, these two different episodes that are also the same shouldn't be mutually exclusive or, you know, if you like one, you shouldn't like the other. No, that, that they really, historically especially, uh, complement each other in, in a very important way. I couldn't agree more. In fact, I think Heather and I were having a, a bit of a conversation after we had both finished uh, the audio book. And we bo I think we both realized that um, Harlan's version of the script, it almost seems like it could easily be done as a, as a modern episode of Star Trek if there was a series in production today, or even or, as one of the new films. Modern motion picture. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. got that much complexity, depth, and, and, and it's long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was. Well, I have to say, having listened to it uh, and, and very much enjoying it, I, I think that the production value of this is extremely high. You guys, you guys oh, did a wonderful, yeah. wonderful job uh, with the casting and the recording and the producing. It, it sounds phenomenal. Anybody out there who wants to purchase this audio book, you can't possibly go wrong. I, I very thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm very glad that I got a chance to hear it. Heather, do you have anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I would say this is one that you can't miss. I think that you need to hear it, um, especially if this if this episode is fond uh, to you. It's it's very important that you hear this story um, and all the words that everyone had to say about it. Um, it was meaningful to me because of that. Um, I, this episode is my favorite of all Star Trek episodes <laughs> and it, uh, the, the complexity that's there. I can't agree more that, that both, both versions definitely complement each other and just the depth of what was going on behind the scenes is, is something that is very important to learn. Um, so please, please buy this and listen. So, uh, Gabrielle DeCure and Stefan Rudnicki, thanks so much for coming on board the Shore Leave show here with us. And if people are looking for yourselves or the book, where can they find out more information? At skyboatmedia.com. One word, skyboatmedia.com. Wonderful. And of course, if you're coming to the Vegas convention, you can also purchase the audiobook there along with some artwork and other things. So 
Come yeah. see us. Absolutely. Yeah. Heather and I will be stopping by your table frequently, I'm sure. Yes. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you guys pull out. So. <laughs> Heather's a big cosplayer, so. Uh... Good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. This has been wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you so much. You guys are great. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, this is part two of our four-part Vendor Room Spectacular here on Shore Leave. It's me, Jeff Hewlett, and Heather is back with me once again. Hi! Hello! And for this second part, we have yet another guest. Uh, this time, we are talking to Mickey Gunter from Make It So, and that's S-E-W. Uh, Mickey, thanks for being part of Shore Leave. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, absolute pleasure. So excited. It'll be fun this year, 50th. Oh my gosh, it's going to be overwhelming, but I'm I'm stuck right between like being super mega excited and a little <laughs> apprehensive just because of the amount of people. And Would like, you like no. to start crocheting for me because I <laughs> do you do you have like a little team like your Cinderella's oh mice is what you need and the little animals to help you. Yeah, I was like <laughs> When Bernie had that bird land on his podium, that's great, but can it clean my apartment or crochet? (laughs) That's what I need. Who helps me is my mother, and I pay her with Netflix and love. What a great combination. Good arrangement. She got a raise this Christmas. Uh, I gave her the code to the HBO Go. Ooh. And then recommended Deadwood and said, watch Deadwood. That's but serious. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, I have, uh, actually this year, I did outsource a little bit more because normally, Heather, you know, uh, and people probably don't know if they want to look up, make it so on Facebook, uh, they'll see that I usually crochet everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that beanie caps, the uh, the, the BB-8s have been yeah. huge Ooh. this year. Yeah. Uh, before the movie even came out, uh, the BB-8s were selling really well. I think it's because I was pretty much one of the first ones to just look at the design and say, yeah, I can I can do that. Thank you. Beanie <laughs> cap on top of a yoga ball <laughs> for me. Uh, that just made my life easy. And so those with the R- with the R2-D2s, they, those do really well. Uh, everybody yeah. loves those. But uh, last year, I I sold out of my Spock hat yes. on the mm. first night, on the preview night. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. And this year, we've got five and a half days of vending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you've Ooh. got the registration night. And that's like six or something when it opens yeah, to gold, like, I think. And I don't – last year, it seemed like they let just anybody in. I yeah. I think it was limited to – which is great, which is good news – but I don't think they limited it to just the people who pre-registered. Right. I, it's I hard it was- like to tell, like as long, like once you get a wristband, I guess, cause I know that they check your wristband when you go into the vendor's room. Oh yeah. Even um, ours, ours too. Yeah. Ours are, oh, I believe it. Hot glue gunned onto us. <laughs> They're not to remove them. They are not to, to come off at all. So, yeah. So then you're going to have to really stock up to make sure to you get through the five and a half days. Right. I just, I just want to make sure I have what everyone needs. But again, like I said, uh, you know, most of my stuff is crocheted. Uh, Darren just wore one of my spa cats on him and uh, David Ivy's video cast. Now, is that what it's called? A video? Trek cast? Is it? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. So Trek cast has now gone from 
being just a verbal cast to uh, video on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know that. I know, right? Because uh, they didn't advertise that well. But it's on there. <laughs> and my ad is on there, and I was so stoked. But I think it made me realize that I kind of need to bust a bunch more of those out. Yeah. Well, my favorite are the little, like, crochet Spock ball man. I don't know what oh, you call it. And then the Kirktopus. I got a Kirktopus last year. Because they're just really neat. I mean, it's just really original fun stuff at your booth that you don't yeah. find anywhere else I think I mean, a I don't want to be sued right um I I just I you know people send me ideas all the time and I love right. it I love it I just like you know oh hey can you make this someone challenged me uh during a renaissance fair if I could make a Mervyn the Martian hat oh, oh. And I did. Oh, yeah, and I, I think I remember that. Yeah, I was pretty stoked because I just kind of, I, I look at it. I look at other people's and how they do it. Um, and I just try and come up with a pattern in my brain. Wow. I, that's I talent. As I go. And if it works, it works. And if I, I make plenty of mistakes, oh my yeah. goodness, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. But once I get a pattern down, then, then I can, then I, then I'm good to go. And I can yeah. uh, just start making stuff. I actually, I attempted a wharf hat. Oh. Oh. So, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go posting any pictures of it yet. Um, I'm proud of myself how I was able to get the hair. Yeah. The 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 ridges is what I'm having difficulty yeah, right now. Definitely. The eyebrows, boom, done, good, nice big forehead. But it's the ridges I'm just having issue with right now. Yeah, that so. sounds challenging, especially like without a pattern or something to really go on. Yeah, and so it, yeah, like I said, it's a lot of trial and error. I do not want to ever take anyone else's patterns, right? Or ideas and stuff like that, like the the Spocktopuses and the Kirktopuses and all those that came because someone challenged me to make an octopus. Yeah, <laughs> and, I did, and I was like, oh my gosh, guess what I could do with this? <laughs> so that's. <laughs> That was fun, especially coming up with the hair. Yeah, uh, for Kirk, especially the little. I love him. It's just so unique and different and fun. <laughs> and you then liked more, you liked it more in Shatner. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> and so you you also had like little like Vulcan ear wrap I type do, things. The ear cuffs. Yeah, yeah. Ear cuffs. Those are cool looking. Those are. Thank you. They're um, they're you know absolutely utterly handmade. Just and you're going to have those this year? My fingers apart. Yes, I will have a good chunk of them. Good. But for the most part, they're made to order. Right, okay. And so this year, when or last year actually, when I bought the table, this year I've got a table with a wall. Oh, wow. I know, I'm going to have a whole wall behind me. It's like prime real well, estate. I know, right? So I got like a sign and everything, and I'm like all super official. Um yeah. Even though awesome. it's like super hobby for me. Um, but yeah, so this year I, I made sure I asked last year if my table with wall for the 50th could please be in a specific location that has no neighbor uh-huh. so that I can sit someone actually next to me and fit the ear cuff to them. Oh, and cool. Once I get the, once I get the uh, size, then they can go wander off. For 10, oh. 15 minutes and I'll sit there and I'll work it and I'll work the metal. Wow. It's, and just do that. And then when they come back, it should, it should fit perfect. That's awesome. That is really cool. Down. 
any sharp edges and stuff. I was going to ask, like, if you were going to have something specific for the 50th, but honestly, just just that in and of itself. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, directly 50th something, you know, it doesn't say 50 on the little wire ear, but that is just really, that's yeah, a no, really neat, like, not even improvement, but just something to offer that is just, right. oh, I like it. I, I'm I sold. Think, yeah. And then I have other, you know, wires I can wrap around them, the blue, right. red, and gold. I can personalize the colors. I have beads. I love working with beads. I absolutely yeah. love beading. So if they want it a little bit, I'll have a little bit more flared ones this year uh, that I'll pre-make. They'll be a little bit more difficult. But if someone does want a custom one that I'm out of at some point, I can I can say, yeah, sure, you know. I'll just see yeah. me the masquerade bar over there beading. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I did for this year, uh, like I said, I outsourced a little bit more than I usually do Right. this year. And I found someone who does, um, he had a laser cutter. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he was laser cutting wood for the Renaissance fair. Oh. He was making, and my daughter went and she ran off with her money and she came back with a next gen insignia oh. lasered into wood. Wow. I like it. It was just like, okay, I need to know who this person is. Is there a machine available? What kind of ideas can we come up with? What can we make? And we've got, let me see, I can count. I have to actually, I'll have to get up and, and count them because I'm actually making a spot cat as we speak. Let's see. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, about 35 designs in keychains. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. So I've got all different kinds of uh, sayings. I tried to, you know, of course I looked up what I could and could not use. Uh, for instance, like everyone, you know, oh, beam me up, Scotty. CBS right. crap out of that. But they only own it for apparel. Oh, see, this is all very interesting to me because – I've always just wondered, and then the creation put up on their website the other day something. Let me find it so I can just read it. Probably, probably like uh, it's probably the same morning they give us vendors that at any time CBS or someone representing CBS can come by and shut our booth down with no refund and no warning. Yeah, it something it's along the terrifying. lines of like they won't have any um, non-licensed. Okay. Uh, products there. I mean, it had, and we don't want to get into the whole thing that it relates to. It's relating to the, some of the fan fiction stuff that's going on. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but I was concerned about like, how does that affect the vendor's room? Because there's so many products in the vendor's room that are, are Star Trek related, but I know they're not like licensed. Oh yeah. No, so, um, yeah, that's they they give us that threat every year. They they tell us I this will be my second year vending legally, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we tell them about the yard sale? <laughs> um, <laughs> so they you know, they give us a warning. Okay, at any time CBS or a representative of CBS can come by and shut you down for having unlicensed stuff. Wow. And it's terrifying. It's absolutely gut-wrenchingly terrifying. Thank goodness my cousin is a copyright lawyer. Oh, wow. Oh. That's handy. So, <laughs> yeah. So we looked up a lot of stuff. And the last time we looked it up, and this was just, you know, the last time. They don't even own Live Long and Prosper. Okay. The copyright was let go in 2009. 
Okay. okay. Interesting. But I, like I said, don't quote me on that. That's a, yeah. we looked that up years ago. Yeah. So it could have changed by now. Who knows? And why let it go in 2009 when the new movie was coming out? It just doesn't really make any sense. Right. That's a tricky, so, tricky yeah. to get around all that. And yeah. Yeah, but uh, the, the Star Trek symbol itself is a math symbol. It's the data symbol. Right. You know, it's it's kind of, there's little tiny ways, and plus, you know, most of the stuff, like I said, even I, I love the vendor's room. I have even, not just as a vendor, the vending came because I love being there. Yeah. And I want to be with you guys and my family and my friends. And, you know, how many years ago was it? A couple, two or three years ago, people started showing interest in some of the stuff I was making. Yeah. This, because, yeah, this is the third. Again, mm-hmm. that first year was, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was just, though, that's what motivated me. Whoever, you know, rightfully told on me. Yeah. Because I, was, I was doing wrong. Well, I guess. I, I mean, should have done it after hours. Yeah. There are so. After hours. Just so people know. So Mickey was just kind of <laughs> starting. She was making her stuff. And so she decided to. Um, you know, sell it to friends and whatnot and was doing it out of her room and somebody told creation. Uh-huh. So creation shut her down. Well, they sent a security guard. We don't know. Oh, they sent not the, okay. creation. Um, you know, I only invited 200 of my closest friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made the mistake. Not never a mistake. I went and saw Carl Urban speak. Okay. Like I just had to. Like I wanted to hold up my dread two question mark sign, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Please. And <laughs> just so I sent some friends out with the flyers I had made and they flyered the vendor's room. Uh, okay. So it was probably somebody in the vendor's room, which is great because I thank them. I yeah, I, I mean because thank you. You motivated me yeah. to to take my stuff out of that out of my room and yeah. put it in a vendor's table. Yeah, which is awesome. And you did really well last year. I know people were coming by. And like you said, you were selling out of stuff. So last year was awesome. And again, um, it's just you have such unique things to buy compared to the other stuff. And that's what I try to do. Like with the with these new keychains, actually, you know, they can be anything. I, right. I bought the mechanics to make them keychains, but they could you could technically make them into anything. And some of the sayings are kind of fun. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, they, they, this, this is where you're not going to get this anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have a laser cutting machine (laughs) (laughs) and a great friend who who can do this for you. Um, you know, it's just, I I want to make sure that people who come by my booth get something that they're not going to be able to get anywhere else. And, you know, I have that saying, uh, nothing says I love you like someone else's hard work. (laughs) Um, I feel that, you know, my, I feel that my things are not only uh, great for, you know, you to buy on your own and for you to have and to do, but I think they're great gifts. Yeah. Like I pride myself on having stuff that people want to gift to somebody else. Yes. Or say, oh my gosh, that's, you know, the Star Trek convention. It was great. I saw this. I thought of you. This was something you totally had to have. Yeah. And Instead I of would, taking a picture of it and sending it to them. Exactly. And I mean, again, as I've said, I'm just a huge fan. I don't know what they're actually called, the little spot crochet ball dude. I call, um, them, plushies. I call them plushies. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's what it, he is technically. But uh, th- that's just something that you don't. 
you don't see. And like I saw, and of course I buy them for me because I'm yes, selfish. That, and that's why <laughs> I believe I'm a collector too. Oh, oh feel you. I feel yeah. You. Jeff has seen pictures on my computer desk that I'm looking at right now that has Star Trek stuff and my little pony stuff and BB eight. Oh and <laughs> yes. So, um, all our geekdom, we wear it proud now. We do we fly that flag a closet and fly um, that flag. Um, but geek is the new black. So it's, <laughs> I I know people that have bought stuff from you for gifts, especially with the little plushies or great baby gifts. Yes. So they'll know I someone. use safety eyes. I changed yep. to using safety eyes so that they could actually have them and not choke a child to death. Yep. I don't think my cousin can cover that. <laughs> Probably um, not. I do warn people, though. There are certain things that are not meant for age three and under. Yeah. You know, like I do make sure I, – I just want to make sure they're safe. I love – my Trekkie necklaces. Yes. I love wearing it out. I love the it. The Spock one is it. iconic. Like the Spock with all his little movable limbs. Oh, I don't make that one. Oh, you don't? Okay. No, no, I thought no, you that had one, made that one. No, I wish. That's a girl in Arizona who I've been trying for years to collaborate with. And she just, she doesn't get back to me. Oh, so. bummer. I know. I try and tell her. I'm like, you can literally consign, you know, consign through my through my booth. Yeah, that necklace is super popular. Like that was one of the first things I saw. I think when I met you for the first time, I was just like, oh my god, your necklace. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Those are. I only had a couple. You know. Yeah. For my own personal use and stuff, but uh, this year I'll have. um, I'm doing a collaboration with uh, Counts Tattoos and. Oh oh, right, right. (laughs) Yes. So So I have offered them. Uh, a small space on my table to show their flash art. Nice. And we will all be talking to the the manager about maybe like if you mention my booth, you can get like a, a little discount or something. I like it. We. You know, like that's. So. I have talked. That's why I asked you the other day about if Shane was the manager. Yes. Um, for you. Because back in, uh, I guess it was the first year we were at the Rio. Um, counts, I think it was the first year counts had flash stuff for a set price. And it was, I don't Mm -hmm. remember what the price was, but, um, it was specifically Star Trek stuff. Nice. And so I know like Holly Amos got a tattoo. Um, I'm not sure who else I just remember because she posted pictures, but, um, when we went back in 2012, 2012, they didn't have anything like that. Hmm. And I went in and I was like, you know, you guys, you've got to move on this because people are here. And a lot of us have tattoos and we want to get stuff. And it's we'd rather get something Star Trek. And it's really easy to just show us some options and let us choose. And maybe it's, you know, a little less expensive than it might normally be at an on-strip tattoo parlor. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> um so we had talked a little bit back and forth and just nothing like they never did anything. And so when Shane came on as a manager, like he found like my, my Yelp review <laughs> and reached out to me. And so I was supposed to meet up with him last year, the one before, and things were just overwhelming and it never happened. But I know we really want to make something happen. And so this is great. Even if it's just an avenue through your booth where you've yeah, got that let, stuff. Make, make people wear. I think yeah. the main thing is that, like, hey, just so you know, because a lot of people, I'm sure they do the same to you. I'm almost positive you probably get stopped constantly. All the time. Tattoos. All the yeah. time. <laughs> I'm like, is that a, you know? Is that a like, Stargate like, address? Oh, yes. my God. Yeah, it's a Stargate exactly. address. And yeah, and the, the stuff you wear, hello. <laughs> 
like it's probably constant. So same, you know, like people were taking pictures of my Star Trek tattoos at Gay Pride. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, can we focus on the issue here, please? please? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, and I'm flattered. I really am, especially if they get the tattoo I got last year. Right. The, was it the Horga? Yeah. Or the Horgon. Yeah, Hor- Hor- if, never... if they actually get what that is, you may be the man of my dreams, you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. So, uh, why not incorporate, like, hey, yeah, these are my Star Trek tattoos. Copy them and I'll cut you. But <laughs> look at this flash art. Yeah. You get this tattoo for name a price. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't do flash art ever. Not ever. Um, uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Anytime, just for people that don't have tattoos and don't know about it, they usually have like a base rate. And your local artist is typically not as expensive as an on-strip <laughs> Vegas artist will be. They do overcharge, but I'm I'm hoping that they would at least do something. Like my artist, I think his minimum is like 80 or 85. Is that locally for you? It's Yeah, that's locally. Um, so I'm hoping that they might do like 100 for Something I think it'll small. be less than that. I think oh, that I, would be great. I think I can talk them into thirty to fifty dollar tattoos. <gasps> Whoa! I do. Whoa! That'd be I crazy. Do. Jeff is going to get a tattoo. Woo! <laughs> 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 uh, one of us. One of us. Uh, I think I can talk them into some of the smaller things for probably thirty and wow. up. You know, That'd maybe cool. we'll see. I'll talk to him. I'm yeah. going out at the end of this month to go see Andre, who's my guy. Awesome. And yes, I pay, I, I, I know perfectly well I'm paying, you know, strip prices. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm at least paying, at least in my opinion, um, I'm paying a little less than strip prices. I know I'm getting a good discount. I know I'm getting a good price considering how many I have right? and, and you know, how many different places I've gone. Uh, you normally I hit up like a Friday the 13th. Right. And I try and find someone who's cool enough to not do flash art. <laughs> I assure them I will tip them accordingly. That's yes. another thing, too. Yes, tip if your tattoo artist. If you're going to get a tattoo anywhere, I don't care where you are, tip the artist. Oh, don't steal other people's work and tip the artist. Yeah. Those would be my biggest faux pas I think people do in the tattoo world. is Definitely. Is they steal other people's art. It's art, people. These are our, this is, this is our art. Um, I'm running out of rooms on my walls. I'm just saying, <laughs> but you know, and then tip the artist, man. I don't yeah. understand who people don't know how to tip, tip. They their, just don't. Their, I think it's just not something that's, that's that people get. You know, it's, there are tattoo artists that are going to college because of me, yeah. you know, <laughs> tip your artist. I had a guy come, uh, come to my friend's house and tattoo us all day long, all day. Wow. All day. He sat there. I got three I got three pieces done. Um and some touch ups on some other things. And it was five hundred dollars. We tipped him wow. two hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I tip and we fed you know. When you yeah, when you've especially if you've worked in a service industry type yeah. job and you've lived on tips, mm-hmm. I think some of us just tend to be very generous um tippers. But you'll have to keep in touch with us and let us know. Um, what happens there so that we can sure, make like sure it. that everyone knows to come to you to get that discount. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if we can work something out. I'll let, you'll be the first to know. And Yay. let people know too. Remind everybody we do have that feed, that feed going on Facebook on suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Give I need to bump, like, bump that up. 
like I'm definitely like definitely the Klingon symbol. Um, you know, maybe LLAP and Vulcan or yeah. You know? Yeah, the Vulcan calligraphy. I've got two of those. The Gallifreyan. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, but well, so we haven't. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I just, Jeff has gotten awfully quiet. So I wanted to. Oh, no. I thought left. I was just like, okay, bye. It's just us girls. <laughs> no, that's quite right. I, I you yes, guys did were. You, did hmm? you see any of my stuff last year? Did you, by any chance? I did. Did so you? Did of course. Of course I did. I made about 8,000 rounds through the vent room. <laughs> Yeah, it's the best room. I yeah, love the sure. bedroom. Yeah, it's it's a wandering room, so I I did I must have hit every table. I've oh, got a handful of times. Multiple, each. yeah, yeah, in my travels. But I was going to ask you about some of your Trek products, and you of know, course. Heather, I I kind of picked up on this that you were, Mickey was saying that she does a lot of um, commission type work on ideas that people throw at her. I was thinking. Why don't we throw out the uh, the tricorder transmissions logo? Oh, I don't have to see it. The TOS tricorder. Let's see. Okay, so original series tricorder. Yeah, yeah. I a crochet one. Hmm. Oh, I don't know if you could crochet it. That sounds <laughs> extremely difficult, and I'd have to pay you a lot of money. Um, I don't know. Like, could you? Could you? Could you uh, take? I mean, can you I take the? I made a Jordy uh, visor. Neat. Oh. You can't I, see through it. <laughs> I wonder, like, with the laser printer, like, if you could take the logo and then do, like, a, like, do that image as laser printer. If I don't. The, the thing is, is that it's so funny. I just actually started doing inventory on what I got from him uh, because he only does the machine seasonally during Renaissance fairs. Right. Mm. So right now it's packed up from the Southern California Renaissance Pleasure Fair and Ooh. he's headed up to Pirate Fair. Pirate Fair. Northern California. They keep the people keep putting out that they need help. I'm like, "Oh god, I wish I was <laughs> not a peasant." Um <laughs> oh, the woes of the middle, you know, medieval times. But he yeah, his machine is only good during those the off season, so I don't get him again till after August. Okay. I know. I have all these ideas. I know. I already. Oh, I had so many ideas. Well, now me. you know for next. He wants year. to make. He wants to make a tricorder out of wood. Ooh. He oh, wants. Man. He, he showed me a um a gun. And, and hello, NSA. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. It will be hilarious. Uh, so he did like a pirate old timey musket handheld mm-hmm. muskety kind of gun oh, nice. out of the wood three panels all all uh screwed together to make one 3d-ish wood pistol and it was very interesting looking fun toy you know doesn't the trigger doesn't work or anything it's just it's just a fun thing but he said he wanted to try a, a communicator and a phaser hmm. so i set him to that i said you go you let me know how that turns out because you'll be in Northern California. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure that if he can get it to work the way he th- he sees it in his brain, which might be the same way I see it in mine, you guys might get a – you guys might get one. You might get a that wood. That would be cool. It'll be after August, but, you know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I, however, can can probably try try and crochet one. Oh, that's that's a challenge. So don't push yourself to do. I mean, yeah. I can't even imagine doing that. But good idea. I'll look at like a billion pictures of them. Yeah. Like every angle, and try 
I got a little obsessed with uh, uh, with uh, those uh, jellyfish. Yeah, they're really neat. Yeah, last year was octopuses. This year it's jellyfish. So I've got a bunch of jellyfish. <laughs> but people have been showing interest. Um, yeah, I, actually, I think I, I need to get think, a jellyfish from you. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to Star Trek those out. Yeah. So can you give us a rundown of what Trek-related products you will have at the convention? Oh, yeah, I'll have the... Um, I'll have the Spock ears for all sizes from yes. babies to adults because I kid you not, nothing is funnier than putting a baby in a hat. That makes it look <laughs> it's the best. <gasps> um, my, my child model is very, very hard to work with. So I <laughs> get very <laughs> in Spock hats, but I've got, I got Spock hats coming. I'm going to have any of the, um, what are they called? Uh, red, the TOS colors, uh, red, golden, and blue for anyone. Just regular beanie caps, that kind of thing. I have still a lot of the octopuses yeah. left over from last year. And I have the the main big Trek stuff is going to be the the, the collectibles, the keychains right. that we had printed this year. Uh, they're just fun. I have, you know, Space the Final Frontier. My other ride is the USS Enterprise. Oh, I love it. Uh, he's dead, Jim. <laughs> you know? uh, Trekker or Trekkie, depending on your preference <laughs> on how you refer to yourself or others. Um, the Infinity, you know, in, Infinite Possibilities. Uh, Bajoran. It's just, these will be fun. These are yeah. new. All Star Trek and then some Marvel, a few Marvel ones, because, you know, me and Captain America. And yeah. Well, all that. So we're all geeks. So yeah. Star Trek people also like other geekdoms. It's OK to like Star Trek and Star Wars. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Star Wars stuff, too. I know that the Star Wars stuff does well. Um, Stormtrooper hats for this year will be good. The BB-8s. Yes look great um yoda hats if i can get more if i can get this uh wharf hat down oh i do have new this year the um live long and prosper glove oh right <laughs> so it does uh I, I wouldn't necessarily call it an oven mitt because you can't it doesn't need to be used as an oven mitt if you don't want it to be it can be just a glove that separates your four fingers into <laughs> two. <laughs> or, um, you know, and I was thinking, I got so, I got a nice blue that reminded me of Endorians. Oh. And so I was thinking of maybe <gasps> making an Endorian antenna headband. Yeah. Oh, that would be cute. And then just having some white hair coming off of it. Yeah, that would, that would be cute. I think that's a winner. And then, uh, yeah, a lot of the other stuff, it, it, you know, it covers all, all, all spectrum of geek. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't just limit myself to Star Trek, even though it's my main, my main geekdom for sure. I realize that other people, even at the Star Trek 50th anniversary, um, three years ago, my biggest seller was minion hats. Yeah. I believe it. Everybody loves those minions. Minions. <laughs> really? <laughs> even even Rod Roddenberry got a minion hat for Zale. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just kind of, well, that kind of tells you where the sales are going to go. Yeah. Uh, last year, 
Jack Skellington hats. Couldn't keep them. Oh, yeah. Couldn't keep them. People ate those up. Um, I Did you – I know you saw, but I don't know if Jeff saw the picture of me cosplaying uh, Captain America with <coughs> Joss Wheaton. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's the best picture in the whole wide world. Um, but I crocheted a shield, a Captain America shield, and people have been asking me about those. So um, I might make – a few more, but a little smaller than, yeah. than the original one. The original one was pretty big. And it's, it's quite hefty, but it was fun to make. And Joss Wheaton called me Captain Etsy. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Man, you were going to be busy <laughs> the months before the convention. I, yeah, I, well, the thing is, too, is I'm also making a quilt for some friends of mine for their wedding. Oh, gosh. A Doctor wow. Who-themed quilt. So you're not going to have a life in the next month and a half. No, I was basically. so glad. I was actually really stoked when uh, Ren Fair was over. Because as soon as Ren Fair was over, um, just to clarify, um, I, help, uh, I help with a game booth at the Renaissance uh, Pleasure Fair in Northern, or Southern California every year. And I love it with every fiber in my being, and it's yeah. super fun. But it's exhausting. And uh, this year... I was glad when it was over because I can get focused. I can get working. Um, I moved recently. So I have a nicer place now where I can really stay very organized. And all my, um, all my yarn that took up like about 10 bins. I think I moved 10 bins of yarn in my move. And Oh, the Groot pen cozies. Oh, right. Those are cute too. Really like the Groot pen cozies. So Jeff is, is yours. I obviously, it's Star Trek is probably your number one geekdom, but if you had if you had to pick a different one that you you had to focus on, which would it be? Oh God, that's a tough one! Wow, ha, just one. <laughs> that's <laughs> a tough one. Just one to mm. take. You have to take the place of Star Trek. So is it, oh, it has to take the place of Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, let's oh. say Star Trek didn't exist and we all were sad and lonely and depressed all the time. Uh, oh, <laughs> good God! Which one would you pick? <sighs> Are my choices limited, or is this? Yeah, whatever. Oh, I have man. a friend who would probably say Zelda. Zelda's know? good. Like he's obsessed with it. Zelda's good. Well, I was I was obsessed with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for a long time. Still See? am. See, and I have nothing. I have nothing that has to do with that. And so I feel like I leave out a few geekdoms here and there, and I don't. You know what I mean? That's why I'm always trying to find out what do you want, what do you yeah. want to see, what's your geekdom, so that I can try. Hmm. Well, you know what else too? It's it's only a single movie, but I have a lot of trouble finding any merchandise because it's a it's an old film now. But uh, the the Disney film, The Black Hole from oh, 1979, wow. I have very few items, but what I do I, have are very precious. I'm thinking. I was thinking the Black Cauldron, but no. The what's? I'd have to look that one up. I'm so sad. Someone take my name Mickey away from me. It was essentially <laughs> Disney's answer to Star Wars. Oh, fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, well, now they now they have the solution <laughs> to Star Wars. Don't they? Um, now they own it. They couldn't beat it, so they bought it. Yeah, they couldn't beat it, so they bought it. Let's yeah. $4 billion uh, between friends. Um, but yeah, so well, I'd have to look that one up. But if there was something specific, like I said, I never would have thought to do Marvin the Martian. Yeah. yeah that's but a good someone, one. and unfortunately, uh, I made it, and then she she's like, "Oh, I don't have any money," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." So, uh, <laughs> FYI, I'll be taking <laughs> deposits, oh, on man. The orders from now on. 
but uh, uh, you know, I don't mind. It's fine. I, I, I don't. This is my only. Um, it's I don't have a day job or anything. I don't actually technically need one, so this is a good hobby. It keeps me yeah. busy. It keeps yeah. me, it, you know, idle hands, as yeah. they say. <laughs> and I love doing it. Um, you know, I I miss the gifting part of it though. Yeah, I really do. You know, I I slowed down this year's a little bit. Again, why I outsourced a little bit more because my Christmas presents were so intense. Um, I made mermaid tail blankets. Oh, right. I've seen those. Yeah. And the shark. Did you see the shark? I don't remember if I saw the shark. That was the most boring thing on the planet to make. (laughs) So much gray. So much gray. Yeah. Uh, So I made a shark blanket for my nephew and mermaid tails for all the girls. And those take about a month to make. Yeah, I That's believe. Do you, else. do you would you do those like special order for people? If I would, but it would it just it it would cost a pretty you know it would yeah. cost it would cost more than what you would pay for it for a blanket, and that's what yeah. I feel so bad because my best friend tells me all the time, and most people tell me all the time, you undercharge, you undercharge, you undersell. My I undersell myself. Right. You know, when I sell a beanie cap for thirty five dollars. I'm not being paid by the hour. Yeah. Um, it didn't take me three and a half hours to make. Yeah. You know, it took me probably eight. <laughs> if not four. Some things take all day. Yeah. And, uh, I, but I, I can't, I can't charge $80 for that. That's crazy. Well, well. I'm not going to, and I'm not ever going to, but I do hope that people realize how much work goes into it. I think they do, and I think that's why they tell you they will pay more to charge more. No, yeah, and they, you know, and but then I get it from the other side too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. You know, I had one one lady during the yard sale when I was passing out the flyers, who said, "Well, I expect yard sale prices." <laughs> oh my! <laughs> it's like, honey, I'm not selling my old knickknacks. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that just get. Maybe she just had the wrong idea of what there might be. Cause honestly, some of the stuff in the vendor's room does look like yard sale. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. different things. And there are some of those booths with like the toys and the I ornaments and the, they were great. All that. Disney yeah. Stuff, the toys, all that stuff. That was great. But I, all I could think is like, are you sure you're in the right place? Yeah. It's definitely a mix. And we've talked a little bit about like what we might see and some of the, Jeff, who was it that mentioned something about, was it Larry that said something about having more of like the, like the phone case people? Yeah. Larry was telling me me that. Yeah. Well, that too. And I was itching and moaning. Yeah. And that was just the strangest thing. It was just the strangest thing. And we're like, we don't want more of that. We want like more of Mickey stuff, more make it so. Um, I want more. Not the oh yeah, not the not the charger guys. No, like it, you know, no. Unless like it's some kind cases, of if they had like Star Trek theme phone yeah, cases, exactly. I would be very happy. Yeah, I have something yet to find one that I can get that's a good case. Yeah, the good sturdy case because I may or may not drop my phone often. Yeah. Um. Yep. <laughs> I do. I'm in the same boat. Same oh, boat. Well, rumor <laughs> like, has it you can get a uh, shore leave phone case now. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> an iPad case an and a laptop case. But is it an otter? Oh, no, but no, that would, no, be, a good but... See, that would be a fun one, too. Um, but if they had those available at the convention, that'd be nice. 
The yeah. phone charger people, however. Yeah, no, that's no. different. I no. different altogether. That was like hawk number one, hawking at its worst. Yeah. Yeah, because they would kind of come after you as you walked. It's like at the mall. What do you mean you don't have this? What do you mean you don't have this? Well, your phone's going to die. Honey, I have a suite here that I will go put my phone up in if I need to. (laughs) Sir. But no, Uh, (laughs) I don't really. They're probably going to stick me in some empanada tower thing. Um, Empanada tower. tower, though. Are you staying at the Rio this year? Yeah, the Ipanema. Yay. I stay in Ipanema because overall, like, I've just had a better experience over there. Uh, really? Yeah. I like Masquerade. Some people do. I mean, it's a little further. It's closer to the bar. Yeah, that's why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even a drinker. Um, <laughs> but I like being able to just go straight up to my room after the end yeah. night. Yes, if I forget something in my room from the convention room. I'm turning my pedometer on. I'm walking that mile. Yeah, you know? we've talked about that. I'm like, should I wear my Fitbit at the convention? Because I'm really curious to see how many yes. steps you watch that walk that whole day. Mile. But I'm like, but that would not go. That is not Starfleet regulation with so, any of my cosplay. So Heather, <laughs> just just for reference, um, I was averaging about twenty six or twenty seven thousand steps a day last year. Oh my gosh! According to my watch. <laughs> well. And I think mine lies to me, and I do a lot more than it says. But that's just me trying to be positive. Yeah, they're not 100% accurate. That's been proven. Like, there's no way I only walked. Today, we walked, it said, three miles. I don't believe it. I think it was more than that. It felt more than that. And at Gay Pride, it said I only walked about five miles. I'm like, oh, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no. Is it in your phone, or is it just it's like It's on my li- phone. Okay, see, I think that the phones are just nowhere, they're not as accurate as, like, the ones that you wear, like a Fitbit or whatever. But I don't, yeah, exactly, but I understand what you're saying. I don't want to wear that. Yeah, it's, the one I have is a little bulky. Can it go around um, your ankle? <laughs> no. <laughs> like an ankle monitor, like you're on, like, outdoor no. rest? No. Like, if you drink, you don't start buzzing. <laughs> you need to go to bed now. And you it's time for you your to put your out there. You, you will have a killer hangover <laughs> tomorrow if you don't go to bed now. We should develop that to give to everybody. And it, it would remind them to drink a large glass of water right Yes. Before. Have you had your water? Don't forget to hydrate. Oh, goodness. <laughs> goodness. It'll well, be fun this year, though. I'm, lots more jewelry, too. Um, yeah. I've got, um, I've got something you're going to want. Ooh. I definitely have something you're going to want. I might have to... You and the you and the sister wives. I might have to. Have <laughs> what what? I have sister wives. I am the uh, red shirt of the sister wives because I am third wife. Oh. Uh, I really want to make us cosplay for it too. I wish I had time to yeah. make a gold, a blue, and a red sister wife dress for our, <laughs> for our admiral husband. <laughs> that would be funny. I did get my my uh, red. TOS dress in the mail. Oh, nice. Put it on. My daughter said I looked quite slim. I was like, oh, oh well, you've been working hard. We have oh. a, our STLV bod thing going on where a bunch of us have just been working right. out and stuff. Right. So you, I've see, I we see should, you checking into the gym. There really? is one. For, well, Fit Fan, there's Fit Fan Girl, right? There is. It's 50 by 50th. I will okay. just add you oh, to it because yeah, it's, it's specifically awesome. the Star Trek 
yes. people. There's only 107 members and, uh, yeah, we just kind of post about what we're doing and try to motivate each other. We should have more um, competitions. Yeah. Challenges. We try to I, I do... Mean, like, not like competitions, but like challenges, like self-challenges. Like, uh, there are 47 stairs to my front doorstep now. Wow. Kill me. Kill me. Yeah. My grocery intake has gone way down. <laughs> but, you know, like, we should, we should set out challenges and stuff. I think that'd be yeah, fun. Because I think... And, and it doesn't matter what we look like. We don't no. lose that weight. None of us, you look the great, the way you are. I oh, look fine. The way you. I am. You know what I mean? None of us need nobody out there. Not one girl or guy needs to, to change themselves or to, to take drastic measures to modify their body. Nope. We, nope. if anything, we are the most accepting and most yes. loving of communities. Yes. That's why I tell people, yeah. I'm like, don't, don't be wary about your cosplay you know, yeah. just wear what you wear, rock it. And at the end of the day, like all that your STLV bot is, is just bringing your body to the Star Trek image. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's great. But I think motivation is good. I do like going to the gym. Yeah. I like being held accountable. Yeah. I am a fan of being held accountable because I will slack off every chance I get. Well, I added you to the, the 50 Yay. by 50th group. So we're good there. Perfect. Um, and then I'm doing a, I'm doing a, I'm, I'm, are you getting any photo ops? I'm getting a photo op with with Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know that I'm going to do any photo ops. I mean, if I'm there and something kind of jumps out, I might do it, nice. but I don't know. Well, you've probably pretty much gotten most of them, right? Yeah. I mean, this, this is, this is my eighth year. So <clears throat> at this, I really have, I got to take a drink right. of water here. See, that's uh, why, you know, I've been going since 2004 <clears throat> and vending was, became an option because I've seen them all speak. Yeah. I've heard, you know, I've seen, I love seeing it. Last year I closed down for the, for the Spock tribute. And then for some reason forgot to bring Kleenex and just cried into my, <laughs> just cried into my throat the whole time. Um, and then, you know, a few other times I, I kind of bailed out. But for the most part, I've seen everybody and heard it yeah. all and all that kind of stuff. And I love it. I do love it. <clears throat> to be able to participate more in the convention itself. And this year, um, I have an employee. Right. And I have a lot of, of Trek family saying, Hey, yep. I'd love to come by and help. If you need yep. a break, you let me know. And yep. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Um, hopefully my booth will be located where, uh, we agreed to it last year, but I can't, I haven't gotten any confirmation on that yet. So fingers crossed that that they remember or at least you know honor the location I picked because I, right. I picked the place up close I picked first row if you turn in you know you come into the vendor's room and it's and you turn right towards all the creation stuff you know where you have your your head your photo your packages your coin right, right yeah you know all that kind of stuff so it was do you remember the lady who had all the comic-con bags yes yes that's the spot I picked Oh, wow. Because who did you come? I'm sorry. Did you guys, did you come to Star Trek convention to see a bunch of Comic-Con bags that she bought <laughs> for free and is now reselling? <laughs> or would you rather see awesome handmade for the most part <laughs> jewelry and beanie caps that don't belong in Southern California at all <laughs> uh, or Las Vegas in, in 
August, uh, but keychains and and Star Trek stuff, fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely you're stuff you're not going to see anywhere else. The ear cuffs. Yep, I can have a ton of those. I actually got. I purchased this year uh, dragon ear cuffs. Ooh, fancy! So I'll have those as well. But the handmade ones, awesome. Well, will be there. Um, I love making those. They tear apart my fingers. Mm, yeah. Death. But I well, love making them. That is what I think ultimately, like what we've discussed. I mean, all the work and love that you put into everything is is why we wanted you here for one reason. Mm. Um, it's just, you put so much love. Everything is handmade. Um, now you've got stuff that you're going to customize to people. So I Ooh. hope that, um, in the next month and a half, maybe we'll check back in with you yeah, for uh, sure. a little bit before. Cause we're going to keep mentioning, we're going to do like, <laughs> yes, yes. After all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, probably too, so. probably just a couple weeks before the convention, I know mm-hmm. we're going to uh, try to like do a little wrap up type thing pre like everything you need to know. And so I will throw out yeah. um, any I, anything new that you have, and then you can update us on the the tattoo stuff and how that's going. Yeah, for sure. And then let you know, make sure people know too. Like, find me on Facebook. Yes. What's so. your Facebook? Make it so S E W. You'll see our one of our favorite captains and yes. you know, that's, I don't know. I don't have an Etsy. Right. No, I don't, you know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pay those fees to sell nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was on there for two or three years. I sold nothing. Oh man. Not worth it. Um, Facebook is fine. I like selling my stuff at conventions anyways. I right. don't really like selling over the internet, but right. what I do like is suggestions. Yes. So I we will. I'm yeah. Not- I'm going to, I'm, <laughs> my brain is already going to challenge it. <laughs> um, I've already thinking about the tricorder. Awesome. You know? Um, so tricorder not communicator, correct? Correct. Okay. It, it, it'd make a great bag. Yes. If I could figure out a way to crochet it into like a purse. That'd be awesome. You know, it's just, it's structurally trying to figure out how to make it, uh, solid ish. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Soft like a crocheted bag, but sturdy like a purse and a quarter, <laughs> if you will. So, but my brain is already kind of, kind of ticking towards that. I'm staring at the one that Spock is using as my on my piggy bank. Well, I will. <laughs> I won't hold you to it, but I may look forward to it someday. We will. We will see. Um. So make it so. And, um, and tell me what you want to see at the convention. If you're yes. going to the convention, tell me what you want to see, because how else am I supposed to know? Absolutely. You know, I, if, if people are like, oh, we love the Wesley Crusher hats. Yes. Great. I'll make, you know, the shut up yes. Wesley. I'll make a ton of them. Yes. You know, if you like the Spock hats, I'll keep, I'm just going to keep pumping those out. Like it's the only thing <laughs> I, I just, Absolutely. you know, I felt bad. I sold out last year, first night. No yeah. one even got to see them after that. So this well, year. We will make sure to keep your post about the suggestions high in the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas group. Love it. So that Love people it. will see it. And yeah, I hope everybody can get their tickets. And I hope that there's not a problem with, uh, with people being able to come in and wander. Yep. Yep. Uh, There will, the good thing is that with it being sold out, there will be lots of people there. My biggest concern is just the space. 
Um, but you have a prime spot. I hope. Fingers uh, crossed. Fingers crossed. You'll be good. And then anybody, if you have trouble finding Mickey, just come find one of us and we will take you to her. Yay. And I would love to meet everybody and see see everybody yes. and Yay. you don't even find anything. It's all good. We'll just you have, have a, good a friend in all of us, as we like to mm-hmm. say. Oh, all righty. Thank you okay. so much. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. We love you. Love you. <laughs> Hi there, thanks again for listening. If you're cruising the galaxy looking for even more Trek talk, why not visit our good friends Bill and Dan over at TrekGeeks.com? They've got a great podcast that covers a wide range of Star Trek topics, so you're sure to find something you'll love. And if you're in the mood for some awesome tunes, then you really need to head over to 5yearmission.net. The guys are writing a song for every episode of the original series, and each one is absolutely brilliant. So that's TrekGeeks.com and 5yearmission.net. Check them out today.